Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. I mean, good morning. Is it not a beautiful sound hearing that rain? Oh my goodness, man. We need that so bad. Thank you, God. For those who are watching online right now around the country and around the world, we welcome you, and we are glad that you're part of the Crossroads family today, but it is raining here, and it's refreshing, I would say my grass, but it's my dirt right now, I think, more than, more than grass, and I really pray that this message refreshes you, encourages you, inspires you. Uh, we are in, a, in a, a series just on kind of, kind of what is the purpose of life? What does it mean to be fully alive? What does it mean to be a, a human being the way God created us to be, to be a human being? And we've, we've taken a look at this. We started out by saying one of the most important questions we could ever ask in life is, why am I here? What is the purpose? Why did God put me on this earth? Uh, what, is, what is the purpose of me being here? And we said that we were created on purpose for a purpose. God created us on purpose, and he created us for a purpose. We were created by God for God. We also said last week we were created to have a relationship with God. Uh, and something I want to take a look at today, we were created for God's pleasure. Have you ever thought of that? That, that the, the purpose of your life is to bring pleasure to God. You know what that means? That means the greatest thing we could do in life, every day of our life, is just is focus on God. I want to bring you pleasure today. And we may not get all the work done that we need to get done that day. We may not do, you know, the, the kids may be upset. Things may go haywire. Everything may be wild. But, man, if we have done our best to really try to bring, bring pleasure to God, then it's been a, a good day. And, you know, uh, talking about prayer, we come down here uh, at 745 every, uh, every Sunday, and there's a group of us that pray. You've been prayed for before you ever get here. And, and one thing that one person prays, uh, it seems like every week, is he prays this prayer, said, God, help us to bring a smile to your face. And I love that. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, can you imagine if that was the goal of our life, really, to bring a smile to God's face? In fact, the Bible says this in Ephesians 5. It says, figure out what will please Christ and then, uh, and, and then do it. And some of you may think the picture, the thought of God smiling may be just completely foreign to you. That your, your view of God growing up, your view of God has been this, this austere, you know, always serious, always mad kind of, uh, kind of, of being. And, you know, do you smile? Does something bring you pleasure? Does it bring happiness to you? Whose image are we created in? So when we're smiling, we understand that God can smile too, that there are things that bring a smile to God's face. And we're going to take a look at a character today in the Bible. And I want to give you kind of the background of this. This guy was, it was in a, a society, in his culture, that was completely morally bankrupt. I mean, God said he was looking for one person, anybody whose purpose in their life was to bring him pleasure, was to bring pleasure to him. And he said he found it just in one person, and that was in, in Noah. And the, the Bible says this in, in Genesis 6, 8. It says that God found pleasure in Noah. Isn't that great? In fact, I mean, if there's, if there's an epitaph, again, I want on my, you know, on my tombstone that God would be able to say about me, it would be that I brought him pleasure in my, in my life. If God could do, if I could do that for anything in, in you, too, that, that it would be that, that you brought pleasure to God, that your life, that's my dream for you, that's God's dream for you, that your life brings God pleasure. And I really believe that there were some people here, that there's some people hearing my voice right now, and you can look at your life and go, you know, to this point, I probably haven't got, brought God a lot of pleasure. 
What are you going to be doing from this moment on? What are you going to be doing from this moment on that you could wake up every day with a purpose? That you could wake up every day because we've been created on purpose. We have that purpose. And to wake up every day, God, if nothing else today, if nothing else, I want to bring you pleasure. So how do we do that? And I want to just say that God calls us his children. So we're going to, you know, as parents, what makes you smile? What brings you pleasure from your kids? And maybe some of you aren't parents, but you're, we're all kids, and we understand what pleases our, uh, our, our mom and dad. And the first thing is, is we make God smile when we love him passionately. This is what the Bible says. Noah consistently followed God's will and enjoyed a close relationship with him. The biggest thing that God wants in your life is to have that close relationship with him, to love him and be loved by him. And I remember when, oh, when my kids were growing up, and I remember the highlights of my day every day would be to walk through the door, and my, my three daughters would hear me come in, and I'd hear this. I'd hear, Daddy! And I would get down on, on the knee like this, and I'd have three little kids just bombard me with, uh, with love and affection and with, with hugs. It was absolutely the highlight of every day. And I thought, to love my kids and to be loved by them. And don't you think God is the exact same way? I really believe the highlight of his day is when we show him love and we, give, uh, and we get love in, in return. In fact, let's make this personal. I believe the highlight of God's day every day is that, that you love him and you be loved by him. I think just like he's, he's like us, he has the same heart as, a, as, a, as, a, as an earthly dad too. And the other thing is we make God smile when we trust him fully. Another thing that I thought of there is, is when my girls, when I'd be teaching my girls how to swim, what I'd always do too is I'd put them on the edge of the, the pool and then I'd get back a little ways and I'd say, I'd say now jump, jump in my arms. I've got you. Jump in my arms. Jump in my arms. It's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I've got you. Jump in my arms. And I'll still remember, you know, they'd always do that thing, and they'd, they'd be hesitant, and they'd, I mean, here's safe. Here's what they know. Here's what they're familiar with. And they'd be doing that thing, and they'd look at my eyes, and they'd, they'd look back, and then finally there would be that moment where they'd abandon their fears, and they'd jump in my arms. And I loved it. I mean, I loved it because I, I, I realized they were trusting me more than they were trusting in their fears. They were trusting in me and what I said and that I've got them and that I'm going to take care of them and I'm not going to let them down more than they trust in the fears and, and what they understand and everything. In fact, the Bible says this. I believe we do the same for God when we trust in him. It says uh, he takes pleasure in those that honor him, in those who trust in his constant love. Did you hear those words? He takes pleasure in those who do th two things, honor him and those who trust in his love. It brings God joy when we trust in him. When we abandon what we, what just our fears, and we trust in him. When we, when, we, when we don't listen to everything our mind is saying, and we trust him. When we don't listen to everything about our experience that we've experienced so far in this world, and we trust in him, and we jump in his, in his arms. And that's exactly what Noah did, didn't he? I mean, God, Noah trusted God in a huge, huge way. I mean, when God tells you that he's going to flood the earth and you're supposed to build a, a, a boat, 
If you build the boat, you've got a lot of faith in, in God. And he had never experienced anything like that. God had never flooded the earth before. So this was beyond his experience. It was beyond something that he understood. And yet he jumped in dad's arms and he trusted him completely. We make God smile, uh, smile when we love him passionately and when we trust him fully. So what does that mean to trust him fully? I think one thing it means is that we believe that his intentions for our life are good, that they're even better. His plans for our life are better than our plans for our life. Now, the last thing Satan ever wants you to do is believe that. I mean, the, he does not want you to believe that God really has your best interest in mind, that God's plan for your life is better than your own plan. That's exactly what Satan does not want you to believe. In fact, you go back to the very first temptation with Adam and Eve. Isn't, isn't that what, what Satan did? He said, you know what, man, I know, you know, it's really, if you trust me, then everything's going to go great. Did God really say, you know, God's really not looking after you? And it worked. I mean, they were in paradise. There was no problems in their life whatsoever, and yet they believed the snake rather than believing the, the voice of the, uh, of the Father. They trusted him to say, that, you know what, God really doesn't have your best interests in mind. And how many times do we still fall for that same junk? Another thing is that we, we trust that God will keep his promises. You know, one time I was in, in Israel, and we were on a, a tour there. And as part of the tour, they took us to this diamond, this place where they, where they cut diamonds. And, and in Israel, they have this special way of cutting diamonds that they make it where it just explodes with these multifacets. It's, it's a special way, and it just, it's, it's absolutely amazing if you see that. But I, I could not afford the bags that they were putting the diamonds in, you know? So I'm sitting there just watching. I'm cutting up with, the, you know, some of the tour guides and everything. And then I, I saw this picture up there. Go ahead and show that picture up there. I saw this, and I said, what does that mean? And they said this. They said, what we do is we make multi-million dollar deals with just a handshake. We never use contracts. We never do it on paper. It all comes down to a handshake. And I'm like, that is awesome. How do you do that? How do you could possibly do that? And they said this. Don't miss this. I'll never forget it. She said this. She said, it's because we trust in the person's character and we trust in their word. Whew. And I thought, can you imagine if we had the same trust in God's character and God's word that they have, that these diamond brokers have, if we had that, imagine how that would change our life. I'm telling you one thing, we would probably fear a whole lot less, we would have probably a whole lot more joy, and we would see, we would see God do a lot more things. Listen to this. Here's one person in the Bible that absolutely, we don't even know his name, but he trusted God and took him at his word. Listen to this. Once more, he, talking about Jesus, visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official there whose son lay sick in Capernaum. When he, this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Can you hear the, the passion in there? Jesus said, You may go, your son will live. Don't miss these words. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, he said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time in which Jesus said, your son will live. So in his household believed. 
Can you imagine if we, again, had that same faith that we took Jesus at his word? I guarantee you we'd have less stress, a lot less worry, a lot more joy. We'd see a lot more of the miraculous in our life, and we would bring a smile to our God and Savior. And something else is that nothing is impossible with him if we truly believe that. I mean, Mary believed that she was going to have a child even though she'd never been with a a man because the, the angel told her that. She believed God for the impossible. Abraham did the exact same thing. He believed that they were going to have a child because God told him that, even though it was impossible. They're both ancient, and, and, and Sarah's uh, barren, and yet he believes God. I mean, Moses believed God when he said, you know, I'm going to part the sea. Just put out your hand. And he believed him for something that had never happened before. He believed him for the impossible. Again, I wonder what would happen, how much of a smile on God's face we would have when we believed and truly believed that God was bigger than any sickness, could heal any sickness that there is on this planet, that God could, could break down any wall between us and another person, that he could heal and restore any relationship, that he could tame any addiction that we would ever have, that he could, that he could slay any giant in our life, that he could break through any problem that we have if we truly believe God for the impossible again, what it would do in our life and what a smile it would put on God's face as, uh, as well. Another thing is that we make God smile when we obey him completely. You know, God told Noah to build this monstrous boat, and I mean, it was a whopper of a boat, in the middle of the desert, okay, hundreds and hundreds of miles from, from, from any water. And, and so what would you do? What would you do if God told you to do that? It made no sense whatsoever. Listen to what Noah did. So Noah did everything, don't miss that word, everything, just as God commanded him. It took Noah and his sons 120 years to do that, and yet, they, uh, and yet they did it. And God didn't just tell Noah to build a boat. He was very specific, extremely specific on the size, on what to cover it with, on, on what to build it with, and everything. And let, so what did Noah do then? Genesis 7, 5, And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him, with no reservation, without any hesitation. And, and that's... I think why God could use him so much and why he brought so much pleasure to God. There was no fighting. There was no stressing. And something that we know, too, what we a lot of times tend to do is we obey God some, or we obey God a lot. But something you know as parents is you know that partial obedience is not real obedience, is it? Think about this. Imagine that that your, your child came up to you, those who are parents, and said this, and said, Mom, Dad, can I borrow the car? And you said, sure, just make sure you're home by 10 o'clock and make sure that you, that you, you take Bobby, your little brother, to, uh, to his friend Bobby's house uh, to spend the night. All right, go out there. And the, the son or daughter comes traipsing back at midnight instead of 10 o'clock. And you, you confront them about that and say, well, hey, I took, I took my brother to, the, to, to Bobby's house. Now, would that be obedience or disobedience? Partial obedience is not obedience. Every parent knows that. And sometimes we do the partial obedience game with God, don't we? Just like we try to treat him like a, like a little brother that will get by with that. And say, maybe we say, you know, okay, God, I'm going uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go to church, but I'm not going to tithe. I'm going to, you know what, God, I'm going uh, to, to, to help that person out, but I'm not going to forgive that person. I refuse to, to, to do that. And we could just go on and on with these partial obedience that, that we have. We could say, I won't steal, but you know what? I'm not going to obey what you say about sex before marriage, God. 
We could go on and on with these, with these partial obediences. And something, something else is delayed obedience is not obedience either, is it? Rick Warren says this. I love this, these words. He says, instant obedience will teach you more about God in one instant than a lifetime of biblical instruction. In fact, you will never understand some commands until you obey those commands first. Sometimes we understand about God after we take that step of obedience, not before. And sometimes we do this. We say, we say God, you t- explain why I should do that, and then I'll do it. But sometimes God doesn't need an explanation. He just tells us to do something, and it says we do that, then we understand. I'll give you an instance for this. One time when, when my kids were smaller, we were going to Washington, D.C. To, uh, to spend some time, and it was Thanksgiving Day. So I asked the girls, do you guys want to go to the, do you ladies want to go to the uh, museums first or eat first? And they said, let's go to the museums first, and then we can eat after that. So we went to the museums. We left it at closing time. And I'm telling you, on Thanksgiving, there was nothing open. I mean nothing in Washington, D.C. So we finally come up, and we find this, this hole in the wall, this, this Italian restaurant. And we walk in there, and it was the weirdest feeling because every person in there, there was about two, one family at two tables, and they all turned around and looked at us like this. And it became extremely apparent immediately that we were in the Sopranos meeting, right? That this was a mafia Thanksgiving meeting. So my kids and my girls were here, and I said, okay, we need to go. And they were, why, Daddy? Why, Because we need to go. Let's just go out of here. We're going to go to a different restaurant. Why, Daddy? Because Daddy doesn't want to die. That's why. And so they didn't understand until now. You know, years later, we laugh, uh, we laugh about that. But at the time, we need, they needed to obey right away. Let me tell you, I know I've said maybe this story before. I've had, I had two dogs that were so different. I've loved every dog I've had except one dog. And I want to talk about one dog. One dog was, was Yogi. And Yogi, I'll just talk about, about her. And I'd do, all I'd have to do is like this. Is, and, and Yogi is right by my side. I'd do this. And Yogi's by my side. Everything I'd say, Yogi would obey. And then there was... Dakota, There should be, you know, ominous music when I say this. Now, there may be some of you, and there may be some dog whispers in here who could train Dakota. I couldn't. Every time I would do this or whistle like that, he'd go, yeah, right, and just kind of go his own way. Here's what it cost Dakota. I would take one of those dogs anywhere and everywhere, take them up in the mountains, and, man, they'd play, they'd frolic and everything, which one do you think I'd take up in the mountains? Which one do you think would always go on in the adventure with me? Which one would always go with me wherever I'd go? It was Yogi and not Dakota. And, and even though Dakota thought that, that he was becoming free by that, it was really costing him a whole lot of what I wanted to do and the adventure that I wanted to do with, with him. And, you know, sometimes we're going to be more like one dog or the other, that when God says something, do we do that? Because here's what I felt like yesterday when I was praying about this. It felt like God said that there's people in here that are hearing my voice right now that God wants to take you a lot further than he's taking you right now. That God wants to take you on greater adventures, show you more of his heart, do more with you, everything, but it's gonna be stepping up the obedience and when he says go, we go. When he goes whistle, when he, when he slaps his thigh, that we go and we don't just go, yeah, I'm gonna do my own thing no matter what. You know, here's what David said. Do we wonder why David was called a man after God's own heart? Here's what it says. Here's his words. Just tell me what to do, and I will do it, Lord. As long as I live, I'll wholeheartedly obey. 
Another thing is, is we make God smile when, we, when he sees us uh, being fully alive, using our gifts and ability. Listen, after the flood, uh, God gave Noah these instructions. Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I gave you green plants, I now give you everything. And what's he really saying? God's saying, it is time to live again, Noah. Make love to your, your, your wife, raise kids, raise a family, plant, eat, be human, enjoy life. Listen to what David says. He says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights, don't miss these words, in every detail of their lives. Now, we may say, wait, 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 wait. God delights in every detail? I thought God just delighted when I was praying or when I was, you know, when I was worshiping or when I was going to church. Or something. I thought God only delighted me when I was doing that. Let me ask you the question again, who are parents? When, when did you delight in your kids? Is it only when they're doing chores or doing homework? Or do you light and do you, man, I love just watching my kids play. I love watching them spend time with other kids. I love watching them do sports. I love watching them just enjoy life. I watched, loved them, you know, when we would go on trips together, when we talked together, I enjoyed them all. I even we used to, when they were little girls, I'd just watch them, I'd just watch them sleep because I just enjoyed being, being around them. You know, do you think God's any different? There's two, I'll tell you, there's, there's two times I didn't enjoy my kids. And that's when they were fussing with each other or with somebody else or when they weren't obeying. I can't say I enjoyed that. And I think God enjoys every moment of our life. He enjoys watching us work. He enjoys watching us enjoy life. He enjoys watching us eat a good dinner. He enjoys watching us play. He enjoys watching us do that. There's only two things he doesn't enjoy watching us do. And that's squabble with, with, with another person or squabble or, you know, with him or with diso disobeying him. I think everything else, God really enjoys that. You know, something else is I used to love watching my kids use their, use their gifts and talents. And a couple of them were involved in sports. They, they uh, almost all of them, they loved to sing. They were in performances here at school. One of my daughters wrote the play and directed the play for their, for their high school. They all liked to write. They were different girls. They were different things. But I loved going to the performances. I loved going to the, to, you know, to the competitions. I loved doing this with them, seeing them use their gifts and, and, and talents. And I think God, again, the same thing. God has given every single one of us gifts and talents, and I think he loves watching us not bury those talents, but actually using those talents. And something else I love doing with my kids is I loved, uh, I loved doing ministry with them. I mean, there were times that uh, every Thanksgiving and every Christmas, just about, we would, we would go and, uh, and either take Thanksgiving turkeys to, uh, to, to some people's houses, or we would work at the uh, Charlotte Rescue Mission, and we'd feed people there and things, and, and we would do, we'd do uh, homeless shelters together. We went on mission trips uh, sometimes together. I loved it. I loved it. I loved, I loved doing ministry with my, with my girls. And the same thing, I think God just absolutely loves doing ministry with his children. You know, the other day, a few days ago, we, you know, we fed 20,000 people with uh, prepared meals for 20,000 people. And it was so cool to see the, the, the families together and moms and dads with their kids, kids with their moms and dads, and doing this together. There's just such, there's something about doing ministry with your, uh, with your family. And in the same way, I think God just, every time we do ministry, every time we volunteer for something, every time we help in the church, every time we do an outreach, the God is there smiling, doing ministry right along with us, going, that's my son, that's my daughter, waiting go I love when you do, use your gifts and your talents um, and finally there's a, a couple other things one is a God delights in uh, in us enjoying his uh, his creation 
You know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a very handy person, but I'd make, you know, I'd put together the bicycles for my kids and, and things like that. And, and I actually built, uh, with the help of somebody in the church, built a two-story playhouse for my daughters. And it had swing set with it and a big old slide and everything. And I loved watching my kids use those, you know, use the, the bikes and use those things and enjoying what I had made for, for them. And I think God absolutely loves it when we enjoy uh, what he's made. You know, God gave us sight to, to enjoy beautiful things in this world. God gave us ears to be able to hear beautiful music and beautiful things. God gave us taste buds so we could enjoy chicken and steak and this incredible thing called chocolate, right? And God gave us, uh, you know, God gave us sounds that we could hear birds singing and God see, where we could see he made flowers and he made rainbows and he made waterfalls and he made oceans and he made, he made rivers and lakes and, 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 and leaves that change color and all these incredible things. And, and the Bible says that he gave us all those things richly for our enjoyment. And I think God gets a kick out of the things when we enjoy life. You know, one thing I love to hang out with, uh, with Bobby, you know, a lot of times we'll go and just, we'd watch a sunset or something together, and we'd literally stand up and just go, bravo, man, bravo. I mean, just watching this incredible thing that God had, had made. And I think God takes great pleasure in it, just like, just like we get pleasure when somebody enjoys what we've made. And finally, we make God smile when we express our gratitude. How do you feel when somebody expresses their gratitude to you? How do you feel when your child expresses their gratitude for you. Maybe you'd say this, I don't know when it happens, I'll tell you how that, how that goes. But how do we do that? We know what it does for, for us. There used to be a lady that would take, uh, that would, uh, when I was in seminary, she'd invite us, she and her family would invite us to their, their house, and she'd make a meal every Sunday. And I mean, it was awesome. It was incredible. And here's the thing that was so cool, is I watched her joy as we were watching that, as we were eating that. She, she, Brought, it brought her joy as we were enjoying what she had created. But then we would always go, man, this is so good. This is so fantastic. And we'd rave over it because it was good. And you could watch her beam even more. I think it really brings God a pleasure. And we say, God, thank you for what you've given me. Thank you, God, for all the blessings of life. Thank you, God, for life itself. Thank you for friends. Thank you for family. Thank you for an amazing church. God, thank you for, for my health. Thank you for my job. Thank you, whatever it is we can thank God for. Because here's the thing that I, I know is this. We make God smile when we love him passionately. We make God smile when we trust him fully. We make God smile when we obey him completely. We make God smile when he sees us being fully alive and using his, our gifts and abilities. We make God smile when we enjoy his creation. And we make God smile when we express our gratitude to God. Ephesians 5.10 says this. Figure out what pleases Christ and then do it. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.